Well, friends, there is a poem by Jan Richardson entitled, The Map Our Dreaming Made. I believe that our dreams, whether for our world, ourselves, or our loved ones, creates not just a map of where we've been, but gives us direction, purpose, and a vision of what can be and where we can go. I wonder what map your dreams have made, not just for you, but for others. But what dreams were mapped for you. As we begin celebrating our 154th church anniversary, I want us to dream. Not just any dream, but God's dream of the church that we could be and begin to see the map our dreaming can make and where it can take us. A map that we may pass on to the next generation. I was talking to one of our youth about something that we'll do, I'll point to the guys to show in a little bit. And I said, I said, in West Silver Hill Anniversary 200. Amen. Well, I'm not sure that the people who started Silver Hill over 150 years ago said, oh, yeah, child, Silver Hill 154. But I believe that they said, well, we're going to do what we can now so that there will be, right? And so I told her, I said, Silver Hill anniversary 200. Pastor not going to be here, amen? <laughs> but you will be. You will be here. You will be around. Can you imagine that? He'll be here. A lot of our munchkins will still be around. So what we do, how we dream, we are dreaming for and with them. So yes, yes, we're celebrating what and where we have been. You know, that's a we've come a long way, Lord. A mighty long way. Yeah, 154 years is indeed a mighty long way. So we're not just celebrating the way we've come and what we have done for the kingdom thus far, recognizing and remembering that there were members who have long since passed away. Some names I don't, I don't recognize, but the Lord does. Who dreamed a dream for us today. They did, y'all. They had to have dreamed a dream to keep working, to keep doing, to keep giving, to keep building. They not only dreamed a dream, but they had a mind to work and make the dream a reality. We don't want to just remember that we have come a long way, but that we are still on the way with God. Over the next several weeks, I want to invite you to dream and to dream, as Bishop Holston says, a God-sized dream. Don't dream an itty-bitty, little, teeny, tiny, squinchy dream. No. Dream big. God-sized dreams. God-inspired dreams of what this church can and is called to be. And we begin this Sunday thinking about children. That's how I'm going to start. Amen? Because I believe it is God's dream that we be a church where children are seen, where children are welcomed, where children are blessed, encouraged, protected, and valued. A church where they and their dreams have a place 
where they are nurtured, not in the future, but now. Okay, I'm going to point up to the friends. Keep your fingers crossed. Hi everyone, my name is Katherine Pogue and I'm the principal at Jesse Bobo Elementary School. What I dream for students is that they will become readers, writers, problem solvers, and communicators. What I also dream for students is that we as educators will engage, inspire, and educate as students go into college or career readiness. Hi, my name is Neasia Jones, and a dream or hope that I have for the future of our church will be for there to be more teens or younger audiences to attend Silver Hill and be more interested in joining with their journey with God. Hi, my name is Allie Thrower, and I am the literacy coach at Jesse Bobo. For our kiddos, my greatest dream for them is that reading would become very natural to them, something that they feel confident in doing and something that they choose to do because they love to do it. And in doing so, they unlock this world of adventures, but also of learning and of empathy. And they're able to use that to then change the world. This is Miles Brooks and my hope for Silver Hill is that we keep growing as a community. Hello, my name is Amanda Justice and I'm the Continuous Improvement Coach here at Jesse Bobo Elementary School. My dream for the children of Jesse Bobo Elementary School is that they would grow up to be confident, productive citizens in their communities one day. It is my hope that through working together with students, parents, teachers, and school stakeholders, we will be able to provide them with the necessary supports and resources physically, socially, emotionally, and academically to meet their individual goals in life. I want students to leave Jesse Bobo feeling confident in themselves as learners and contributing members of society, to be confident in their abilities as readers, writers, problem solvers, and communicators. Often when we speak of children, especially in the church, you know what we say? We see that children are our future, but they're children now. Whatever is happening to them today that darkens their dreams and limits their vision matters now, today, not just in the future. I mean, how can they be the church of tomorrow, the leaders of tomorrow, or dream makers of tomorrow if we don't teach them well, if we don't create places and spaces for them to prosper and dream today? Oh, you know that song, right? Whitney used to make famous. Right? I believe that children are our future. 
Teach them well and let them lead the way. Right? Teach them well. And they can lead the way. A new national report by the Annie E. Casey Foundation shows that South Carolina has returned to the bottom of 10 states on child well-being. We're going backwards? Really? With all the talk about all the good and the money that's around South Carolina, and we're going backwards? <laughs> the choir is going, yes, okay. <laughs> it was a rhetorical question, choir, okay. <laughs> The report shows that 20% of children in the state live in poverty. Seventy-eight percent of eighth graders are not proficient in math, and the reading scores, that's why you see that the reading teachers, the literacy teachers, is even worse. I think I have shared previously the quote by Frederick Douglass that it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. It is easier to build them up while they're children to sow into them all the good that they need than to wait until they're adults and to try and to fix all the traumas, all the hurts, all the hell that has happened to them. And I wonder, are we willing to be the church that helps build strong children? And not just our own, but all God's children, because all children matter to God. All of them. As the Gospel of Matthew recounts, they matter to Jesus. Jesus Picture this, right? Jesus in the, is in the midst of deep and profound theological conversation. He's talking about divorce and all this stuff with the Pharisees. He's doing important work concerning the kingdom of God. When people start attempting to bring children to him so that he might lay hands on them and pray for them. Maybe those people, and you know the text doesn't say parents. Just raisins, right? You know, raisins, people who are just raising children. Just, might be grandparents, aunts, uncles, neighbors. Maybe they brought those children to Jesus because 60% of first century children in the Middle East died before their 16th birthday. Their lives were precarious, uncertain, and dangerous, 60%. So maybe they wanted the, the healing and holy help that Jesus offered. Maybe they had seen the amazing things that Jesus had done for others, and they wanted a little bit of that done for their children, so they were bringing their children to Jesus so that he might lay hands on them and bless them. Because when you have been blessed, you know that you are beloved, don't you? Y'all, where can people today bring children to be blessed? And to me, it seems like it ought to be the church. Where can they bring children to receive holy help? To know they are beloved no matter where they live. No matter what their test scores are. That they are beloved and that they just matter because they are. Not because of what they produce not because of what they do, 
but just because they are. When my nephew, the, the dad, who's 50, was little, we would play this little game. And I would say, do you know why I love you? He said, because I'm smart. I'd say, no. You love me because I'm a good athlete? No. And we would just say all things. And then he'd say, well, why do you love me? And I would say, because you're TC. And he'd go, but, and you're my nephew. He'd say, but Sheila, I'm always going to be TC. And I'm always going to be your nephew. And I said, then I will just always love you just because you are. Imagine living a life that you are loved just because you are. When you walk into a room that people don't automatically assume that you're going to be trouble. People don't tell you that you're a mistake. Where is that place where kids can go? And y'all, I don't think schools can do it all. I, I appreciate those people at Jesse Bobo. I call them up and be like, hey, y'all want to do this for me? They're like, yeah, well, we can do it. And you see that they have concern for their children. They're doing this because they want to. When we walked the halls and prayed over there at Cleveland, you talk to those teachers, they care. But y'all, they can't do it all. All they're there, doing what they can. So as these people are trying to bring the children to, to Jesus, they are being prevented from coming by Jesus' disciples of all people. His disciples spoke sternly to them and wanted to turn them away. What deals with that? Why would Jesus' disciples, people who are following Jesus, Jesus is trying to love on everybody, why would they turn children away from Jesus? From Jesus? I don't know. Perhaps it helps to know that in Jesus' time, children were often pushed to the side. They weren't supposed to be seen or heard. Amen. Listen, I'll tell you, we will let you be seen, but don't say anything. Sit down and be quiet. As a hyperactive attention deficit kid and adult, sitting still was just hard for me. It was just hard. It's almost as if you're trying to put me on lockdown. I liked running through the house, okay? I would run through the house, and my mother would go, Sheila, stop running through the house. I'm like, what? I was, the little voice would say, hey, climb that tree and jump out. Okay. And she would ask, I was just telling Dr. Ray, she would ask, Sheila, what were you thinking? I'm like, Mom, I don't know. I just thought this would be fine. I stopped taking naps at two. <laughs> Can you imagine that? My sister likes to tell the story. She, it was her job to, to put me down, right? Yeah, right, good luck. You might as well time me. And she said that, you know, she would go back in the room and would be patting me, and she would go to sleep, and she'd wake up, and I would be patting her. <laughs> Imagine what I was doing, because I knew I could put her to sleep. And we do that. Parents feel uncomfortable when they come to church and the children are moving or they're crying. That's a good sound to me, because that means you got children around. Amen? Why do we want children to be like little adults? Why can't they just be children? The delights of who they really are are meant to be. In Jesus' time, they didn't have rights. Now they do ours. 
until you are an adult. They didn't have rights. They were not supposed to bother adults, much less religious leaders. They were to know their place, which was not one of power or privilege. Even today, children do not have power. Because I believe if they could vote, they would probably say something to the state legislators about why we keep falling behind in poverty. Jesus' disciples see the children, yes, but they see them as a nuisance, as a bother, not belonging in the sacred space where Jesus is. But Jesus sees the children and invites them closer, welcomes them, and admonishes his disciples to let the children come, let the children come to him unhindered for such to, to, to such belongs the kingdom of God. What? What? How radical it is and was for Jesus to centralize children and children's way of being in the world to the kingdom of God. And the thing I love about children, they will believe what we tell them. They'll just, they'll believe it because you said it. Remember, think about some of the fanciful things we've asked them to believe. They're four years old, the plane won't fall down. Nope, won't fall down. Really? Okay, you said it. I believe it. There's this person who will bring you presents. And Jesus said, when you can believe like children in the love of God, when you can just believe it and receive it, accept it, and stand on it, then you understand, then you have entered into the kingdom of God. That's why we need children. We need them around to remind us what it means to have true faith, to really believe childlike faith. Children are not only an image of what it's like to live in God's kingdom, but serving children in Jesus' name is entering the kingdom, is carrying out kingdom work. The way we treat children matters to God and to our lives with God. If we are not doing anything for children, amen, then how is God getting glory? How is the kingdom being advanced? Come on, y'all, let's be a church that welcomes, that blesses, that protects, that prays for children and ultimately helps them to draw nearer to God. Which means that like Jesus, we must make time and space for children, time and space for them to dream and to grow in faith, a faith that they're not meant to graduate from, but one that will provide them a firm foundation as they journey through life, a faith that will empower them to keep on dreaming when we are long gone. They will keep on dreaming God-sized dreams for themselves and for others. I wonder, y'all, what have we allowed to distract us from this holy work to which we have been called? And make no mistake about it, this is a calling of the church. If Jesus said, let the little children come to me, then we need to be figuring out how we're going to get the children to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Are we just too busy making our way in the world that we have little time to help children find their way to Christ? Have we forgotten to dream dreams? It happens, we get so busy. Have we forgotten to dream dreams? Have we forgotten to dream God's dream for them? For all children, not just ours. I'm telling you, we could be a church where children are welcomed, where, where their dreams and faith are nurtured. We can be a church that teaches children well so that they will be able to stand against all the forces that see them coming and want to kill their dreams. And those forces are out there. We can be a church that invests in children's lives now, now. Letting them know that they have a place in our hearts, in our church, in our gym, and in the kingdom. Amen, amen, and amen.